Good evening, good evening, good evening, one and all. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners in the United States, I welcome you. And to every one of our listeners in every country in the world other than the United States of America, I'm still honored to have you join us. Welcome to Marriage and Family Clinic. In Southern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina, you're still finding us on WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400, those are on your AM dial, and WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. Listen, you can also listen to us on the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast, any other segment or program, in the Marriage and Family Clinic series. You can find the podcast by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. You can search those three platforms and you can find Marriage and Family Clinic. Go to that little purple podcast player on your smart device. Go to any podcast player on a smart device and just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You'll come up with Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We definitely hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. You know, last week we were talking about uh, how to speak to your children about the subject of death. And uh, all of us are going the way of death. There's no one who can escape it. I don't care how much Botox you use. I don't care how much you exercise, how well you take care of yourself. Oh, you will die. You will die. It's an inevitability. Our best bet is just to be ready when we die. Be ready to meet our maker. But last week we talked about how to talk to your children about death. And all of us better get ready uh, to have that conversation. If we're not making ready to have that conversation, uh, uh, we're going to run into some very uh, serious pain. There's no way to adequately prepare for that particular event in life. It's going to be devastating no matter what. But there are some things that we can do to prepare. And all I'm saying is that last week it may have seemed like kind of a downer. Uh, But this week I want to try and pick it up just a little bit. But uh, some of you may think that the subject that we have for this week is a downer also. This week I'm going to talk about the issue of divorce. This week I want to speak to divorce the dynamics of divorce, the nuances of divorce, the nature of divorce, what's all going on in divorce. And this very well may turn out to be uh, two sessions uh, because there's so much that can be said about the subject of divorce. But you know what? By the time we're done, I hope that we inspire someone to think about their marriage again. You may have decided to throw in the towel. You may have decided to call it quits. You may have decided to terminate your marriage, but I pray, I hope that by the time that we're done, you're able to rethink this thing. You're able to think again and decide that you want to stick it out. Uh, Divorce is a serious subject. Divorce is a serious subject. And divorce is simply the legal termination of a marriage. That's what divorce is. Divorce is the legal termination of a marriage. And, uh, you know, there are a couple of different types of divorce. There is a no-fault divorce. There is a fault divorce. 
Of course, a fault divorce is when one party or the other, the husband or the wife, they go to the judge or go to the court, they file for divorce, says he or she is is doing something that's so terrible, I can no longer remain married to them. That's a fault divorce. A no-fault divorce is where the husband and the wife, or one or the other, they end up before the judge in a legal proceeding, and they say, you know what, we, we just got to a point, we can't make it, we just can't hack it. You know, we're not, we're not pointing the finger at the other, we're pointing the finger at each other and say, we just can't hack it, and they file for a no-fault divorce. Uh, usually in a no-fault divorce, we hear something like irreconcilable differences. <laughs> That's always a funny word to me, irreconcilable differences. For the life of me, I just can't understand how it is that men and women will have irreconcilable differences when we can't even have irreconcilable differences or God does not want us to have irreconcilable differences with him. God says in Isaiah, the first chapter, come now and let us reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. If there is anything that should make the differences irreconcilable, irreconcilable, it should be sin of man committed against the holiness of God. But God said that's not enough to make the difference between you and me irreconcilable. And so if God is willing to reconcile himself to us and us to him after we have been born in sin, live in sin, uh, then surely we should be able to reconcile our differences with each other one way or another. And I'm going to talk about that as a reason for divorce in just a moment. All right. And so divorce now, divorce is not the monster that it used to be. Divorce is not the monster that it used to be. Apparently the, uh, uh, the Institute for family studies, they found out that divorce in America has been falling in recent years. And that in 2019, the divorce rate was the lowest it has been in about 50 years. Can you believe that? In 2019, the divorce rate was the lowest that it's been in about 50 years. Statistics say that only 14.9 marriages of every 1,000 marriages ended in divorce. And that's uh, uh, the American Community Survey data from the Census Bureau. And again, that's the lowest that has been in about 50 years. And that's even slightly lower, just a little bit lower, of roughly the same that it was in 1970. And in 1970, about 15 marriages of every 1,000 were ending in divorce. So as of 2000, 2019, we have roughly the same divorce rate that we had in 1970. Who would have expected that? Who would have expected that? When we've been hearing for years that the divorce rate is upwards of 50%. And so it apparently divorce is not the monster that it used to be. But it is still a monster nonetheless. It is still a monster and, you know, we've got several things that can go on in a marriage. Uh, a husband or a wife, they may have a fling. They may call themselves falling out of love. They're frustrated and they call themselves falling out of love with their marriage partner. They found a man or a woman outside the marriage who strokes their ego. They have an affair. 
and they come home and they serve one or the other with divorce papers. They refuse to go to counseling or they've been to counseling and it doesn't seem to be any good. And they're throwing in the towel. They say things like, I don't love you anymore. I've fallen out of love with you. And let me say something for the record here. I'm, I'm kind of miffed at this in love type of thing. We don't see this in the Bible anywhere. And I haven't studied the etymology or, or the root of this phrase we use to describe our romantic relationships in love. I'm falling in love with you. A couple of weeks ago, I even heard a TV show where the lady on the TV show says, I want to be safe to fall in love. And I'm telling you, if you're going to pattern your marriage after some stuff like that, then you are definitely, probably, most likely going to end up in divorce. I don't know where we get this thing about falling in love from. Now, you can grow in love. And I'm telling you, if you have stayed married for any length of time, you've learned to grow in love. And I found out what it means. You know, we've, we've heard said oftentimes, I love you more today than when we first married. I found out what that means. My wife and I know more about each other than we did when we first married, and we're still married. It's going on 38 years now, and we're still married. And we know way, way, way more about each other than we knew when we first got married. Oh, we were all smitten. We were all infatuated. We were, quote unquote, in love when we first got married. And we thought that we really loved each other. But now that we've been married nearly 38 years and we still love each other, we are still on each other's mind all the time. That is the essence of I love you more now than when we first married. I know more about you and everything I found out is not good, but I still love you. So I love you more now than when we first got married. But some of us are finding it a reason to divorce because we've fallen out of love. Or... There may be a marriage where either the husband or the wife is physically, emotionally abusive. Yes, I said the husband or the wife. I've seen wives who are abusive also, including physical abuse. They, they, one is angry, one is full of rage and can't control themselves, whatever the case may be. They throw fits of rage. It comes out of nowhere. It comes from absolutely nowhere. Any small thing throws them off. And that brings up a reason for divorce. Let me tell you something. If you're going to be married, you're going to have to fight to stay married. You're going to have to work to stay married. Oftentimes when I'm ministering on marriage and family, when I'm teaching on marriage and family, I'll tell couples that even when God puts you together, even when God brings you together, you're going to have to work to stay together. Even if God says to you plainly, if he writes it in the clouds, this is your husband, this is your wife, if he shows you a picture of them, if he gives you their name and their address, 
if God somehow brings you together, you're still going to have to work hard. It's going to be a full-time J-O-B to make the marriage what you dream it can be and what God wants it to be. And that's the mission of love. The purpose of love is to work through these differences, to work through these individualities and to make the marriage something great, something wonderful, something beautiful. That's the purpose of love. And, and you know what? This is why God uses the illustration of Christ being the bridegroom and the church bring, being his bride. The reason God uses that illustration of marriage to, to characterize the relationship between Christ and the church is because we marry. Christ is committed totally to us. So committed that he gave his life for us that we could be so that we could be all that we have the potential to be. And he's willing to give up all so that we could be all that we had the potential to be. It's an experience of love. And that's what love is all about. You cannot have love without great sacrifice. You cannot have love without great sacrifice. Anyone who's been married 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, they didn't stay married because they were in love. They didn't stay married because their palms have been sweaty and their heart has been beating for 40, 50 years, for 30, 40 years. They stayed married because they fought through the rough times. They fought through some tough times. If you have a marriage where you're not experiencing any toughnesses, praise the Lord for you. You are definitely in the minority. But most of us know what it means to fight for our marriage. And if you're going to remain married, you're going to have to fight for your marriage. Make up your mind that you're going to fight for your marriage. And too many people are choosing divorce as a comfortable way out of marriage. And let me tell you something. When God instituted marriage way back in the garden, way back in the book of Genesis, he told us in Genesis that he made a man for a woman and a woman for a man. He brought them together and said, what I have joined together, let no man put asunder. God brought the man and the woman together and said, for this cause shall a man leave his mother and his father and cleave to his wife. God put us together for the purpose of leaving and cleaving. He never meant for us to divorce. That is our doing. Divorce is our doing. God never intended for us to divorce. And the marriage vow says it right. Says it right. We will honor and cherish and love and support in sickness, in health, in, in riches and poverty. For better, for worse. Watch this. Until death do us part. That's the marriage covenant. Marriage is a covenant until death do us part. 
But sometimes we hurt each other so badly that we end up divorcing. We're so angry, we're so hurt, and we seemingly are unable to get over it. And we end up divorcing. It's not God's will, and it's certainly not God's best. God is not pleased with divorce. But let me tell you something. Divorce is one of the consequences of being born in sin. Divorce is one of the consequences of our humanity. And the low-down, dirty truth of the matter is, as humans, we fail. From time to time, we fail. And we fail at marriage. It's a result of being in our humanity in this fallen, messed up world. It happens. It happens. And oftentimes we use a lot of excuses for divorce. Irreconcilable differences. We just can't get it together. I fell, I fell out of love with him. I fell out of love with her. Uh, they messed around on me. We give all kinds of reasons for divorce. But let me tell you the one reason, the one main reason for divorce. And this reason is so far out ahead of others that other reasons don't even come close to it. Are you ready for this? The number one reason for divorce is selfishness. Let me say that again. The number one reason for divorce is selfishness. We don't have our needs met for one reason or another, to one degree or another. We feel left out. We feel disregarded, whatever the case may be. Things are not going our way. And I don't mean that to be simple. I mean to sum this up in a simple way. At the same time, I am not oversimplifying the subject. We get divorces out of selfishness. We get divorces out of selfishness. And that's why Jesus says that Moses allowed divorce because of the hardness of your hearts. Counseling wouldn't help or you wouldn't allow counseling to help. Somehow you've been unable to forgive. And we get wrapped up in our own selves. And we end up getting a divorce. That's the main reason. You know, are there any good reasons for divorce? Are there any good reasons for divorce? There is no good reason for divorce, even as there is an acceptable reason for divorce. According to the Bible, according to the Bible, sexual relationships outside of your marriage is a reason for divorce. Let me say that again. According to the Bible, sexual relationships outside of your marriage is a reason for divorce. Now watch this. Wake up. This one is going to steer you up. Sexual relationships outside of your marriage is not mandatory divorce. 
It doesn't make divorce mandatory. It doesn't mean that you have to get a divorce. It simply means that divorce is permitted. Again, because of the hardness of your heart. Because of the hardness of your heart. And, and let me put something on here. Let me explain this right here also. In the Bible, when the Bible talks about divorce, it usually speaks of a man divorcing a woman. And why is that? Because when men and women married in the Bible days, the man took the woman to be his wife. And unfortunately, women did not have a lot of rights and privileges back then. Women were not noted for a whole lot. So when a man took a woman to be his wife, uh, 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 she... She was his woman. I don't want to say she was his property. But she was just above that. She was just above being property. He cared for her. Hopefully he loved her. I hope you're getting this here. And so when the Bible talks about divorce, it's usually talking about a man divorcing a woman. Not a woman divorcing a man. Because if a woman divorced a man, she was left with nothing. Nothing. And, and, and you know, I don't have time to talk about that today. I may do this in two sessions. We may talk about this next week. But sex outside of marriage is one reason that the Bible allows divorce. Now, there are other things that happen in a marriage. Abandonment. Physical abuse, sexual abuse, various types of abuses. And let me tell you something. I do not believe in divorce. I do not believe in divorce. And in all my years of marriage, I have never advised anyone to get a divorce. At the same time, I have never advised a woman to remain in the house with a man who physically abuses her. With a man who sexually abuses her or her children. I've never advised that. I will not advise that. There, and I want to make something perfectly clear here. There is no way, even though God hates divorce, God is not for divorce. God never intended us to get a divorce. Marriage is supposed to be an everlasting covenant. There is no way that God would tell a woman to remain married to a man who physically and sexually abuses her. There's no way God is going to say that. And I want that very plain. I want that to sink in. Because we have a lot of women who will stay with an abusive husband. Either because she fears leaving him because she fears she's going to disappoint God. Or she fears leaving him because she has nowhere to go and no way to support herself. And that's the part we may deal with next week. Getting ready for divorce and, and, and insulating yourself from divorce. We want strong marriages. But again, humans fail. Mental and verbal abuse. You know what? When these things are going on, if your spouse, husband or wife, addicted to, to drugs, addicted to alcohol, uh, other sorts of neglect, not providing food, clothing, shelter, not caring for children, 
placing children in life-threatening situations. All of these are reasons to separate yourself. They may not be reasons for divorce, but they are certainly reasons to separate yourself from that spouse, be it husband or wife. Now, tell you something, in the little time that I have left, oh my goodness, yeah, I think I'm going to have to do this in two sessions. In the little time that I have left, divorce is on the fall, on the decline. God never intended us to divorce. God allows divorce because of the hardness of our hearts. Moses allowed divorce because of the hardness of our hearts. The Bible allows divorce in the case of sexual activity outside of the bounds of marriage. But then if you're married to a man or a woman who's physically, sexually, mentally, verbally, emotionally abusive, addicted to drugs or alcohol, neglects the family, doesn't provide for them, will not care for them, puts them in life-threatening situations, if that's your lot in life, then you should give serious consideration to separation. Separation doesn't mean you divorce, but you should give serious consideration to separation. Well, why separate? Because you need to take care of yourself, number one, and you need to give that spouse, both of you need time to heal and get yourselves together. You separate with the idea that we're going to come back together. You don't separate, put space and time between you, and then you don't work on yourselves, you don't get counseling, you don't try new strategies, you don't grow, you just stay the same. If you don't do anything to help yourself grow, to help yourself change, if you don't do anything to change your perspective on marriage, to grow as an individual, if you don't do anything to increase your self-awareness, then the only thing you're going to do is spend time apart. And when you come back together, you're going to pick up right where you left off. Oh, when you come back together, it's going to be fine and then it's going to be hunky-dory for the first two or three days. You're going to believe that you've, quote-unquote, fallen in love again like you were when you first got married. And then reality is going to set in after those first two, three, or four days. Reality is going to set in. And you're going to fall right back into the rut that you were before you separated. Listen, if the dynamics of your marriage are such that they're unsafe and unhealthy, you're going to need some time apart. But it's with the idea that we're going to get back together. But getting back together should be characterized by growth, by change, by repentance. You get back together after he or she has demonstrated that they have grown and they have changed and they have repented. You don't feel all, all willy-nilly because you miss them and you want to go back and you have an emotional fit. You feel some strong emotions and you want to go back to them and you run back, but nobody has grown. Nobody's been to counseling. Nobody has changed. 
You can't describe one thing about you that has changed. I'm promising you, I'm guaranteeing you. It's just going to be a few days before you're back in the same rut. Because listen, I'm telling you, abusive spouses, they have emotional problems that they need spiritual and professional help with. You cannot be an abusive spouse, spend some time away from your spouse, and get back together and things will be fine. Not if you didn't get some help. So we're going to separate with the mindset that we're going to get back together. But we can't get back together until we have gotten some help for ourselves. We cannot reconcile until we have gotten some help for ourselves. And we have to be able to demonstrate to each other that we have gone through some change. Because once trust is broken, oh, it's going to take a while and a whole lot of effort to fix it up. Forgiveness begins with, oh my goodness. If you're going to reach the point of full forgiveness, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. And that's why you have to grow. You have to work on yourself while you're separated. Listen, I am out of time. Uh, we barely got into this, and I may get into this again next week, but we're out of time. And I want to appreciate you for joining us this week on Marriage and Family Clinic. Remember, if you want to hear this or any other segment of the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find my podcast. You can search iTunes, search Spotify, search iHeartRadio. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges, and you will find the podcast, Marriage and Family Clinic. We hope to hear you there. Hey, listen. Listen, I got to get out of here, but always remember that you can't have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.